WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 2nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny day on the way, high 51. Tonight, an overnight clear, low 40. And then Friday, sunshine, a little bit warmer, high 60. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 28 and clear in Pound Ridge up in Westchester County, 32 and clear in Forked River down in New Jersey. And it is 35 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Oh, before I forget, the October ratings came out uh, this week, and um, and uh, thank you because now we are beating a uh, ten ten. We're beating all these all news stations, which I love because they have eighty seven people working on their morning show, and there's just the four of us here. It's me, Joe Nolan, uh, Justin Ellick, and Lou Rafino, and that's it. We're the whole show. So, and I'm sitting in the middle of this room where people are having conversations. So you have to see the setup here. You would sort of say, wow, how's this happen? And I will give ultimate credit to the beginning of this all a number of years ago to my longtime friend, former program director, Lori Cantillo, who came up with this idea of just talking the news, putting a whole bunch of copy in front of you and just doing the day story instead of doing this like straightforward hour news show, which is what all of our competitors do. And apparently it's working because we're now, we're not number one. There's only one station above us. We're number two, but the two most listened to number five o'clock show. And there's a lot of shows live at five o'clock, by the way. We are now number two. So we just have to knock down that number one one. And we're not far away, actually. We're not far off at all. So anyway, so thank you so much for that. The, um, there was a vote to expel George Santos from the House of Representatives last night. And they gave Santos a moment to speak before his, uh, the, this body of lawmakers, uh, last night. Efforts taken by other members in this body to act as judge, jury, and executioner are unconscionable and reckless to our Republican system of government and to the integrity of this body. Yes, yeah, so the move to boot this Long Island lawmaker was led, as you might guess, or might be surprised, depending on if you're following the news, by members of his own party. Republicans on Long Island are the ones who want to get rid of him. Of course, uh, Santos pleading not guilty last week to federal charges, which include stealing the identities of his own constituents. Here he was making his defense yesterday. I stand firmly in my innocence and my passion to represent the people of New York's 3rd District as the voters would have, if the voters would continue to have me. Now, the resolution would need two-thirds majority to succeed, and it was pretty clear that wasn't going to happen last night. So, um, uh, he wasn't expelled. He still has his gig. The loss of the presumption of innocence establishes a dangerous precedent that threatens the very foundation of our legal system. So here's what it sounded like when they took the vote last night. The motion is not adopted. The resolution is not adopted. Yeah, so Santos uh, breathing a sigh of relief. The final vote 
It was bipartisan, with 179 to expel, 213 against it, nine members voting just present. Now, it was those Long Island Republicans who were really hoping he would be gone, but he's not. So here was Santos after that vote yesterday. I'm not relieved for myself. I'm relieved that there's still due process. It's still accepted in this country, that people still believe in the rule of law. So what he said last night, it was he was ready to pack up if the vote did not go his way. He said he would have walked out of Congress. Are you prepared to leave if you were to be expelled? One hundred percent. I've made that very clear. I wasn't going to fight it. This, if, if this was the will that the body wanted, although I disagreed with it, I was ready to leave. Congressman Anthony D'Esposito uh, introduced this resolution last uh, week to expel Santos from Congress. He was joined by four other Republicans, uh, Nick LaLota, Mike Lawler, uh, Mark Molinaro was on there. I think Brandon Williams as well. And um, they didn't succeed, but they say they're going to try again. We have to look forward and we have to find other opportunities to do what's right for New Yorkers. And what's right is that we expel George Santos and we're closer now than we've ever been. We have to look forward and we have to find other opportunities. Right, to that. Santos was arraigned last week on a revised indictment accusing him of several frauds, including making tens of thousands of dollars in unauthorized charges on credit cards belonging to his campaign donors. So uh, they said they'll try again. We'll have to see if that happens. But they were not successful, not even close to being successful to expelling Santos last night. The uh, street behind the Roosevelt Hotel here in Midtown, if you were to walk by it today, day, you'd see parked mopeds, motorcycles, an indication that the migrants who are living in that hotel are working, whether they're authorized or legal to do so. One of the things Mayor Adams has been trying to do with these thousands of migrants that are coming here is expedite their work authorizations so we can give them 30 or 60 days of shelter and then they're on their own. So Mayor Adams is going to head to D.C. today to make his argument to the White House that they need help big time. Four other cities are going to join him. The mayors of four other cities. Here's the uh, mayor talking about all this. You can't come to the city and expect that for as long as you want to stay here, uh, that you can stay here on taxpayers' dime forever. And that's what the 30 days and the 60 days is is all about. Yeah, so that 30-60 day rule is after 30 days they give you the boot. You can reapply and likely will get 30 days more shelter. But the hope is in 30 days people will be able to find their own shelter. Maybe they'll take that one-way ticket that the city's offering out of New York, realizing how expensive it is. Uh, Adams and the mayors of Denver, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Houston will be together at the White House asking Congress for more support. It's a space issue. And it's an economic issue. $5 billion this fiscal year, $12 billion over three. Yeah, and the city just doesn't have that kind of money. City trying to struggle to shelter all these migrants. Uh, One of the places, Floyd Bennett Field, where they set up this huge tent city, preparing to welcome 500 migrants. But with questions about its safety, uh, nobody has actually moved in there just yet. I do not see the ending If the federal government does not take action. Yes. So and the migrants, by the way, they continue to be bused here weekly from that U.S.-Mexico border. WABC News Time 509. Let's go out to Queens where the search is on for this creep. A pregnant woman kicked in the stomach by a fellow subway rider after getting off a Queens uh, subway in Queens yesterday. The 25-year-old victim was on this train approaching the 74th Street Broadway station in Jackson Heights. When another woman bumped into her, so both of these women, they get off the train. Uh, the uh, f- battle begins between the two of them. 
The woman who's not pregnant uh, hits the pregnant woman over the head with her cell phone and then kicks her hard in the stomach. She took off running out of the station. They haven't been able to find her just yet. The pregnant woman suffered bruising, swelling to her face and pain to her stomach. This all according to the NYPD. I imagine she will now go in to make sure that the baby's okay. We haven't gotten any details on that, but they have not caught up with the woman who attacked her. While we're in the city, security going to be extra tight for Sunday's New York City Marathon. The NYPD's Rebecca Weiner says the department is operating in a heightened threat environment because of the Israel-Hamas war. The men and women of our agency are going to be out in large numbers to ensure the safety of not just all the runners, but the spectators and everyone who's working the event. The NYPD will have a counterterrorism overlay for the marathon, which includes heavy weapons teams, special radiation detection patrols, and blocker vehicles. All runners will also be screened. The weather for Marathon Sunday calls for partly sunny skies with temperatures in the low 60s. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. All right, let's go overseas. Israeli military officials say that Israeli forces have broken through Hamas's first line of defense approaching Gaza City. The lead general, the commander of the Israeli Defense Forces, telling reporters that uh, Operation Swords of Iron, which is what they're calling it, that they've been able to to kill dozens of terrorists overnight. Um, and uh, they've made their way uh, in knocking down terrorist infrastructure in the northern Gaza Strip. So as they say, so far the operation has been successful. That is, thousands of Gazans, meanwhile, are trying to get out and into Egypt today. The evacuations of people from the Gaza Strip have begun through a border crossing into Egypt. Injured civilians are among those heading into the country, as well as hundreds of foreign passport holders, including Americans. Over 1,400 Israelis and 8,800 Palestinians have died so far in the conflict. On Tuesday, Israel said it killed a senior Hamas commander while conducting a strike on a refugee camp. A local hospital in Gaza said dozens were killed in the strike and hundreds were injured. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, we're watching actually live pictures of the Rafah crossing, which is the crossing between Gaza and Egypt. And you can imagine there's just a ton of people hoping that they'll be able to get through. It's not clear if they're processing passports this morning or not. That is a Republican proposal to provide aid to Israel doomed in the Senate. That's what the Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer is saying, claiming the bill is full of partisan poison pills. Israel has suffered the worst terrorist attack in its history. It needs help, but House Republicans are asking a price for helping them by cutting off funding that holds rich tax cheats accountable. That ain't happening. The package House, cuts. It ain't happening. Yeah, the package cuts funding from the IRS, leaves out aid for Ukraine. Schumer urging the newly elected House Speaker Mike Johnson to sit down and work with the Democrats on a bipartisan package. The House GOP proposal is not going anywhere. It's 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 going to it's dead before it even is voted on. The speaker should start over. That is the House of Representatives killing a resolution to censure Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib over her comments about the war between Israel and Hamas. The Michigan Democrat is the chamber's only Palestinian American. The motion is adopted without objection. A motion to reconsider is laid on the table. 
Talib had raised concerns over the continued U.S. supply of arms to Israel and called for, quote, ending the occupation and dismantling the apartheid system that creates the suffocating, dehumanizing conditions that can lead to resistance. Nearly two dozen Republicans joined Democrats to kill the motion. I'm Troy Thomas. All right, let's bring it back into the city where Holocaust survivors gathered lower Manhattan to show their support for the safe return of the hostages kidnapped by Hamas. Hamas. The number around the 250 mark it rose because some people they thought might have been killed now they think are being held hostage this event held at the holocaust heritage museum in lower manhattan to send a message of hope to their families and to instill that same courage in all of the rest of us. Dolly Rabinovich was 12 years old when she survived the Auschwitz concentration camp. She spoke out yesterday. Please, let those innocent people go and stop the killing. Each survivor holding a picture of one of the 240 who have been held captive by Hamas since October 7th, hoping to send a message of strength and resilience. That is a... Brooklyn man wearing a Palestinian scarf arrested after getting caught on video in a scuffle on the Upper East Side while trying to rip down some of those Israeli hostage posters. He's been walking around the city. No doubt you have seen this. Uh, This has happened a few times where people have been caught doing this man tried to reach over and grab a flyer only to be rejected by a group that was guarding the pole. This was at 68th Street and Lexington Avenue on the Upper East Side. Uh, they tell this guy to get the F out of here. Uh, his name is Muhammad Khalil. This uh, tense exchange ended in Khalil's arrest. But, of course, just another reminder of how that bloody conflict between Israel and Hamas overseas is playing out here in the streets of New York City. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. A happy Thursday. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Happy Thursday. Good morning to you, or Friday Eve, we should say. Uh, Gnome Aladen. We'll start on the Diamond here in Arizona, where the Texas Rangers beat the Diamondbacks 5 to nothing in Game 5 to take the series four games to one and secure their first World Series title in their 63-season franchise history. You can hear the utter excitement in my voice. <laughs> Here's what the call sounded like, courtesy of Fox Sports. In their 63rd season. It's happened! The Texas Rangers win the World Series! So long to heartbreak. Hello World Series for the Texas Rangers, champions in 2023. My dad would have yelled at me so hard if I struck out looking to end the World Series. Yeah. (laughs) Swing the bat. That won't live with him for the rest of his life. No, it won't. I'm sure not. Take it off your damn shoulders. God. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Yes. Congratulations, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine how he feels. And Max Scherzer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Scherzer. The doesn't even play now. Well, Scherzer was out for like half the series too. I don't even think he started a game in the series. So, anyway, uh, both of them they get they get the rings that they signed on for. I guess you could say. Yeah, Jake. On the hardwood, the Nets secured their second victory of the young season last night with a 109 to 105 road win over the Miami Heat. Mikael Bridges led the team in scoring with his 21 points up in Brooklyn. A race of 15 point second half deficit to emerge victorious at the Garden. The Knicks fell 95-89 to in the second leg of a back-to-back set against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jalen Brunson led the way in scoring 
for the orange and blue with his 24, but Cleveland's Donovan Mitchell proved too much to handle with his 30 points. That ultimately propelled Cleveland to the win. Both the Knicks and the Nets will enjoy an off day today before returning to action tomorrow night. We've been without any local ice hockey for the last couple of days, but fear not as we get uh, set here for a triple header of local action tonight at the Garden. The Rangers will welcome in the Carolina Hurricanes for 7 p.m. puck drop. Oh, puck drop. While the Islanders simultaneously get things going in Washington against the Capitals following that action for an 8 p.m. puck drop is the Devils on the road in Minnesota to battle the Wild. Week 9 in the NFL gets underway tonight with the Tennessee Titans visiting the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night. Football kickoff set for 8-15 with the Steelers heading in as two-and-a-half-point favorites. And finally, uh, we got to close here with some very sad news coming out of the college basketball world yesterday with the death of legendary head coach Bobby Knight, whose career was highlighted by three national titles at Indiana. Knight's family made the announcement uh, last night as he was hospitalized with an illness in April and had been in uh, poor uh, health condition for several years the Hall of Fame coach. He was 83 years old. Boy, was he fun to watch. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, my. Well, he was a very angry man. No, he just loved basketball. Yeah, and he loved okay, his team. Okay, please. Uh, yeah, he was an angry man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just throwing chairs at people. He, was just, he just <laughs> loved basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he was. That was tame when he threw chairs. I sure, mean. it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Wish I could have played. That's why he got removed from his uh, uh, job. Yeah. But anyway, a, anyway, we, we dissed the guy on what, his grave. Yeah, well, you started it. <laughs> I said he was a great man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Right. Anyway, I'm Justin Ellick. That's sports on 77 WABC. Rest in peace, Bobby Knight. There God. you go. Too late. WABC News on 520. A caravan of about 5,000 migrants from Central and South America moving north through Mexico on a journey out to the southern border. Texas Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar says we've seen this before. They're not making enough money. They're not happy with their country, but that doesn't qualifying for asylum. The caravan is the largest since June of last year. It's being escorted by Mexican police. Since 2019, I think we've seen only one successful caravan, and that was because they had a lot of internal government of Mexico assistance. And of course, lawmakers in Texas, including Henry Cuellar, say if the caravan actually makes it all the way to the Texas border, they should not be allowed in. 89 to 90 percent of them don't have a right to get asylum. They're coming in because of economic reasons or they want to join their family. And then uh, more border wall going to be erected in South Texas. Texas taking it upon itself to pay for the state Senate there approving a one and a half billion dollar construction plan. The permanent wall is just a tool in our toolkit along with manpower and technology. So the goal in Texas is just to build 100 miles of border wall by 2026. Intended to deter illegal immigration. Our communities have have encountered a massive influx of unlawful migrants, drugs, weapons, dangerous criminals, and increased organized crime. And of course, no doubt you know it, a lot of those have been bussed right here to New York City. 522, the Biden administration taking action to manage the risks posed by artificial intelligence, AI, ahead of an AI summit that's taking place in London. Vice President Kamala Harris calling for international cooperation, stricter standards to protect us all from AI. Let us work together to build a future where AI creates opportunity, advances equity, fundamental freedoms and rights being protected. The U.S., 30 other nations signing on to this plan, a commitment to the responsible of a use of AI in the military. Today, I am also announcing that 30 countries have joined our commitment to the responsible use of military AI.
and I call on more nations to join. 523, Toyota announcing they'll increase the wages after United Auto Workers and the Detroit 3 automakers reach tentative agreements. Toyota says they are not releasing the details of the increases publicly, but a flyer circulating on social media showed the company was introducing a 2% wage increase for top-paid production workers and a quarter of a percentage increase for top-paid skilled trade workers, with wages increasing around 9% starting in January. I'm Trey Thomas. All right, let's go out to Colorado where Republican Congressman Ken Buck saying he's not going to seek re-election next year. A number of Republicans making these announcements in the last couple days. He made his announcement yesterday. I've decided I'm not going to seek re-election. And yeah, I am uh, joining Kay and, and probably some others in, in the near future, but uh, I've decided that uh, it is time for me to do some other things. Buck says he's disappointed with his party's inability to deal with the difficult problems. He also criticized fellow Republicans who continue to say the 2020 election was stolen. I I'm, uh, always have been disappointed with the, our inability uh, in Congress to deal with major issues, and I'm also disappointed that the Republican Party I continues to... That. He, uh, his announcement came on the same day. Texas Republican Kay Granger announced that she plans to retire next year, and she was also pretty critical of her own party. If we're going to solve difficult problems, we've got to deal with some very unpleasant truths uh, or lies and, and make sure that we uh, we project to the public uh, what the truth is. Yeah, he got a lot of heat. He voted to oust former Speaker Kevin McCarthy and then refused to support Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan's bid for Speaker. The birth rate in the U.S. continues to drop. According to the CDC, the U.S. birth rate from 2007 to 2022 fell by 22 percent. The data also shows that not one state reported an increase in birth rates. Some states did experience a slower decline than others, with North Dakota experiencing the lowest at around a 9% drop. Arizona and Utah saw the highest, around 36%. I'm Mark Mayfield. 525, the Fed is leaving interest rates unchanged for now. Today, we decided to leave our policy interest rate unchanged and to continue to reduce our securities holdings. Given how far we have come, along with the uncertainties and risks we face... The committee is proceeding carefully. Fed Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell there telling reporters central bank will continue to track inflation, the health of the economy. Price stability is the responsibility of the Federal Reserve. Without price stability, the economy does not work for anyone. In particular, without price stability, we will not achieve a sustained period of strong labor market conditions that benefit all. Yeah, so what about the future? Will they raise interest rates again? We will make decisions about the extent of additional policy firming, and how long policy will remain restrictive based on the totality of the incoming data, the evolving outlook, and the balance of risks. Yeah, he didn't give us a real answer there. Negotiators will be back at the bargaining table today to try to end the Hollywood actor strike. Talks between the Actors Union and the major studios continued into last night with artificial intelligence, AI, being just a major sticking point. Sources telling us from both SAG-AFTRA and the Producers Alliance that talks are heading in the right direction now and that a tentative deal could be reached within a week. Actors have been on strike for over 110 days, demanding better pay, benefits, protections against artificial intelligence. So let's look at the markets. The opening bell rings this morning after markets close higher to end on Wednesday. It came after that Fed Reserve 
Reserve kept interest rates the same for the second straight time. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 221 points. S&P 500 rose by 44. The Nasdaq gained 210 points. Sometimes entertaining, sometimes serious, always compelling. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 2nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A sunny day on the way, the high 51. Tonight and overnight, clear, low 41. And then Friday, just another beauty sunshine even warmer high 60 if you're walking out the door with us right now so happy you are 28 and clear in pound ridge up in westchester county 32 and clear in forked river down in new jersey and it is 35 and clear here in midtown actually this is the first morning i walked out and i said whoa it's cold out i mean it shouldn't be a shock it is november but you'll notice that if you're just walking out the door now uh magnolia's bakery they, um, do you, you must be familiar with Magnolia's Bakery. It's a famous bake shop, of course, here in the city. First, it was known for its cupcakes, then they moved on to, on, on to cakes and all kinds of things. Their famous banana pudding is being whipped up in a new version that triggers a different kind of elation. The New York City-based dessert maker transforming some of its famous treats into THC-infused edibles, including the banana pudding and the red velvet cake, which is also very good. So to get a slice of the pudding, the cake, it'll range anywhere from about 18 bucks to $30, depending on the flavor. It uh, begins today, but you can't get it in New York. Now, I'm not sure if you can order it. I'm not sure why, honestly, why it's not available in New York since it's a New York-based bakery, but... It is being sold today in Illinois, Nevada, in Massachusetts at Rise Dispensaries, which is a big chain. Uh, Magnolia worked with um, the green thumb industries to produce this, uh, what they call incredible <laughs> edible. Um, you know, usually people go to Magnolia Bakery after they've uh, smoked some weed. Now I guess you can go there and, you know, have both things happen at the same time. You get the munchies and you get to get high at the same point. We'll see if it works. And we'll find out why Magnolia can't sell it for some reason here in New York City. Yesterday, some New Jersey commuters filing a class action lawsuit against the MTA over the congestion pricing plan. Congressman Josh Gottheimer and Fort Lee's Mayor Mark Sokolich announcing this latest legal action, arguing the plan to toll drivers to enter below Manhattan's 60th Street will create more traffic on the George Washington Bridge as people try to figure out a way to avoid that toll. We run the risk of adding an additional 15, 20, 25 percent additional traffic to the already overburdened streets of the borough of Fort Lee. The truth is we really don't know how this is all going to work out. Officials, Bergen County residents concerned about the rise in pollutants from increased congestion because 
the thought is people won't want to go through the Lincoln Tunnel because you get that automatic charge because it drops you off between 34th and 42nd Street and you'll get hit with that uh, congestion pricing toll because it's below 60th Street. Uh, Governor Murphy strongly against the tolling program says the state plans to file a lawsuit once the MTA solidifies its pricing plan, which they haven't done just yet. With this announcement that they're making, we're draining the fuel out of their cancer-causing engine. It's not clear if they're going to be able to stop this. By the way, if you have not been in the city lately, the transponders that will charge you to go below 60th Street, they're up already. The minute you come out of the tunnel, there they are. If you're up uh, by Bloomingdale's, which is right near 60th Street, the transponders are there. Same on the west side. So MTA is ready to roll. It's just a matter of whether these legal actions on the part of New Jersey and others will be able to stop them. There is newly released data today from Advocates for Children of New York. It shows there are a record high 119,000 students that are homeless, that are in the New York City school system. It's a lot of kids. The highest concentration is in District 9. That's located in the South Bronx. Here's a dad who lives in a shelter with his kids and sends them to school. They're having a trouble with focusing on their schoolwork. A lot of times, you know, the teachers don't really know what's going on. Yeah, well, and they're doing trying to do a better job of informing teachers about what's going on with these kids. You can imagine why it might be hard for them to concentrate in class with, you know, having unstable lives at home. The person who's in charge of one of the programs that helps with homeless students says if they can get these students through high school and graduated, their chance of succeeding past what their parents have done increases uh, big time. It's not like student homelessness is going to disappear by next fall. Students who graduate from high school are much less likely to experience homelessness as adults. Yeah, so they're trying to keep these kids in school no matter where their lives take them. If they have to move from shelter to shelter, they're trying to do a better job of keeping track of them. New York reporting a decrease in shootings and murders over the last year across the state. Gun violence, other crimes, we are laser focused on this here in the state of New York because it comes down to that sense of personal security that every single person is entitled to. Governor Hoko holding a press conference yesterday says there's been a 35% drop in shootings in areas where the state provides extra resources. There's also been a 30% decrease in deadly shootings in those areas. Uh, here she was yesterday. In May of 2022, there had been 1,400 orders of protection sought. These are people who've shown behavior that indicates they could do harm to themselves or do harm to others. 1,400, big number, right? We just had 13,000. That jives with the numbers from the NYPD, who they say shootings are down here as well. WABC News Time 539. Let's bring it back here into the city. A candlelight vigil held in Columbus Circle last night to remember the 1,400 killed in the Hamas attack in Israel back on October 7th. It was organized by a group called Pro-Israeli Democracy with the purpose to remember the victims and to pray for the hostages. One of the speakers was a woman who was at that concert, the Nova Music Festival, where 260 people were slaughtered by terrorists. She's from Long Island, and she says um, she likes telling the story because it's therapy for her of how she got away. Kids were running in every direction, trying to find safety. One of the most terrifying moments was probably running in a specific direction, thinking that you're running to safety. And then... 
I see dozens of kids running in my direction, and I realize that they're being pursued and they're being shot at by a terrorist, and I now have to change directions. I now have to make a split-second decision, and people keep asking, like, how did you get out? I don't have the answer to how. You know, every decision we made was a split-second decision that we knew would either save our lives or get us killed. But in the moment, we had no way of knowing which decision was the right one. Yeah, it's amazing. She says uh, she just it was luck in the end that she survived it all. She said there was actually a guy in a pickup truck who offered her and her friends a ride to get out of there. And she took that ride. And she says that pickup driver kept going back and forth to save as many people as he could. Out to Long Island, a Democratic lawmaker who's running for re-election on Long Island condemning GOP political ads as anti-Semitic. Josh Laffison, he's a Nassau County legislator, says the GOP manipulated images of his face to make him look like a stereotypical character of a Jewish demon. I didn't know there was such a thing. The widening of the nose, the yellowing of the teeth, the horns, this type of deforming of my face has been used on mailer after mailer. Laffison pointing to a propaganda flyer used by the Nazis in the 1930s and then pointed out the similarities between that ad and the one used against him. Shame on you and apologize now. But the Nassau County Republican Party denying any anti-Semitic bias and says Democrats have used unflattering imagery portraying a pig with a swastika on its hind as a symbol of the Republican Party. While we're out on Long Island and talking about anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic slurs written in shaving cream on Halloween night in West Hempstead. West Hempstead's a big Jewish community, and neighbors there say, you know, normally this wouldn't bother them much, but of course with everything going on in the world, they say this is bothersome, that people took shaving cream and wrote awful things about Jews. It's affecting everyone now. Everyone's very kind of tense and on edge about it. It's the last thing we needed right now to think about it's happening in our town. We have to worry about our friends and family overseas. Everyone's now worried about our own little town. That's a neighbor talking to News 12. Some of the neighbors uh, say they just cleaned off the cars as soon as possible and warned other neighbors they might see the same thing on their cars. These pranks are not just pranks. They're, they're targeting uh, uh, a group of people that are, you know, undeserving of this kind of, of uh, uh, rhetoric. Yeah, uh, stuff continues to happen. 543, let's stay out on Long Island with a happier story. Some teenagers, you know, when you go door to door on Halloween night, some people aren't home, so they just leave out a gigantic bowl of candy in front of their house, and they say, take one and move on, and most people do. But apparently some teenagers took all the candy from an ocean hide, uh, Oceanside home during prime trick-or-treating time. So this little boy looks to be about like six or seven we just don't know how old he is he's captured on the doorbell camera of this home um coming up to see that the bowl is empty and i'll I'll see if it's a little hard to make out what he's saying but i'll explain Uh, so he's telling his mom there are no treats they're all gone the mom says uh, oh well and he goes oh i have an idea of what to do and he said he took his entire bag of candy that he had collected already and he dumped it into that bowl. So other kids who came by wouldn't be disappointed. What a nice kid. So Lauren Panuccio, she tells News 12 that she couldn't believe how sweet this kid was when she looked back at the doorbell camera later that night. And she couldn't believe that this kid was willing to give up his own candy so others could have some. I couldn't believe how sweet and 
kind that little boy was. And the first thing that crossed my mind was he's being raised amazing. Like these parents are doing an amazing job with him. And then last night we were watching Oceanside's mom's uh, Facebook group. Now they're looking for this kid because uh, she wants to give him all the candy back that he gave to this ball. Uh, So far, they haven't been able to figure out who he is. The first thing I said was, I'm posting this. I'm hoping to find the family. We want to give him the rest of the candy that we have left over. Yeah, so she took that doorbell camera footage, put it up online last night so far. Nobody has claimed that kid as their own. I imagine just a matter of time. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Moms are very vigilant. No, I'm elated. That they are. So, uh, I can't imagine you doing something like that. No. Well, giving up your own candy for others. Um, no, I save all my candy. Yeah. And I hide it in very, very uh, discreet locations. You, you didn't go trick-or-treating, did no. you? Okay. No. No, I buy my own candy like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but these moms groups, yeah, they're uh, they're going to be a, a big uh, a big defense mechanism, I think, toward yeah, uh, toward a... all this anti-Semitism you're seeing. Oh yeah, well, just in general, these mom groups, you don't want to mess with them. No, exactly, exactly. Go home to mommy. Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Over to uh, the Diamond here in Arizona, the Texas Rangers beat the Diamondbacks five to nothing in Game Five to take the series four games to one and secure their first World Series title in their sixty three season franchise history uh here's what the call sounded like courtesy of fox sports in their 63rd season it's happened the texas rangers win the world series so long to heartbreak hello world series for the texas rangers champions in 2023 so congrats goes out to the Texas Rangers, your 2023 World Series champions on the hardwood. The Nets secured their uh, second victory of the young season last night with a 109-105 road win over the Miami Heat. Mikael Bridges led the team in scoring with his 21, helping Brooklyn erase a 15-point second-half deficit to emerge victorious. At the Garden, the Knicks fell 95-89 in the second leg of a back-to-back set against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jalen Brunson led the way in scoring for New York with his 24, but Cleveland's Donovan Mitchell proved too much to handle with his 30 points that ultimately uh, propelled Cleveland to the win. Both the Knicks and Nets will enjoy an off day today before returning to action tomorrow night. We've been without any local ice hockey for the last couple of days, but fear not as we get ready for a triple header of local action tonight at the Garden. The Rangers will welcome in the Carolina Hurricanes for a 7 p.m. puck drop while the Islanders simultaneously get things going in Washington against the Capitals. And following that action for an 8 p.m. puck drop is the Devils on the road in Minnesota to battle the Wild. Week 9 in the NFL gets underway tonight with the Tennessee Titans visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football. Kickoff is set for 8.15 p.m. with the Steelers heading in as two-and-a-half-point favorites. And closing things out here on a somber note, no very sad news out of the college basketball world yesterday with the death of Lowell Legendary. You can't make me laugh while I'm reporting on this. No. Is he trying well, to force-feed you, you candy to, corn? I hate candy corn. That's very yeah, somber. <laughs> Bye-bye! <laughs> I mean, I'm like 0 for 2 on the Poppy Night death report here. You have you have not shown him the respect he's due. Well, he know? didn't really. He's a great coach. Did he ever show any opponents any respect? I mean, my God. No, he just loved basketball. Yeah, so <laughs> you're going to keep saying that. That's he did. That. You're just going to keep saying that all day. He loved basketball. He did love basketball. He loved his team. He did. He did. And he was legendary. Yes. Three, three national titles. Yeah. Uh, Hoosiers. And uh, he's a legend. Hall of Famer. So, rest in peace to Bobby Knight. 83 years old. That's Sports Nomen. I'm Justin Ellick <laughs> on 77. That's the worst salute to a guy who died <laughs> no, of ever we, heard. Okay, you do it then. You, you do it. <laughs> no.
My goodness. One of the TV monitors has got all of his horrible moments. Yes. <laughs> the play <playing laughs> compilation. Him hitting people. Yeah. Him assaulting yeah. fans. How do you know they all didn't deserve it? All right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. One of the big ones was this move to expel Long Island Congressman George Santos from the House of Representatives last night. They took a vote, but before they did, they gave George Santos a moment to speak to his fellow lawmakers. Efforts taken by other members in this body to act as judge, jury, and executioner are unconscionable and reckless to our Republican system of government and to the integrity of this body. So why were his own Long Island, fellow Long Island Republicans trying to give him the boot? Well, Santos pled not guilty last week to federal charges, which include stealing identities of his constituents. But here he was making his case to the House. I stand firmly in my innocence and my passion to represent the people of New York's 3rd District as the voters would have if the voters would continue to have me. So this resolution would need two-thirds majority to succeed, which is not easy to do in Congress these days. The loss of the presumption of innocence establish, establishes a dangerous precedent that threatens the very foundation of our legal system. All right, so he spoke, and then it was time to vote. The resolution uh, did not pass. The motion is not adopted. The resolution is not adopted. The final vote was bipartisan with 179 to expel, 213 against, and 19 members voting present. So Santos still faces multiple criminal indictments for fraud, identity theft, and a whole lot more. But uh, he was breathing a sigh of relief as he walked out of the doors of the U.S. Capitol last night. I'm not relieved for myself. I'm relieved that there's still due process. It's still accepted in this country that people still believe in the rule of law. But he said if they had voted him out last night, he was ready to pack up his office and go. Are you prepared to leave if you were to be expelled? 100%. I've made that very clear. I wasn't going to fight it. If if this was the will that the body wanted, although I disagreed with it, I was ready to leave. It was Long Island Congressman Anthony D'Esposito who introduced the resolution last night to expel Santos. He was joined by four other fellow New York Republicans, uh, Nick LaLota from Long Island, uh, Mike uh, Lawler, Mike Mullen. Naro, Brandon Williams, they were all in on this, and uh, they kind of knew they might not succeed, but they said they wanted to try. We have to look forward, and we have to find other opportunities to do what's right for New Yorkers. And what's right is that we expel George Santos, and we're closer now than we've ever been. Yeah, so they say they won't give up, they'll try again. We have to look forward, and we have to find other opportunities to do what's right for New Yorkers. And what's right is that we expel George Santos, and we're closer now than we've ever been. The New York Republican pleading not guilty to 10 new charges last Friday at a courthouse on Long Island. He has already pled not guilty to 13 other charges filed in May. The mayor, Mayor Adams, going to be down in Washington, D.C. today asking the White House to help out with a migrant mess back home. Outside the Roosevelt Hotel, if you look there today, motorcycles and mopeds, an indication that the migrants who are living in the hotel have jobs, even though they're not authorized to work. What the mayor wants to do is expedite work authorization for those migrants so they can get off the New York City's dull. Uh, here was the mayor yesterday outlining some of that. You can't come to the city and expect that for as long as you want to stay here, 
uh, that you can stay here on taxpayers' dime forever. And that's what the 30 days and the 60 days is is all about. Right, so they're given 30 or 60 days in the shelter, then they're told to leave. After their time is up, migrants can reapply for shelter, and some do. Uh, they usually are not denied. The mayors that will join Mayor Adams today include ones from Denver, Chicago, L.A., and Houston, all coming to the White House to say, hey, we need your help with a bunch of things, work permits and money. It's a space issue. And it's an economic issue. $5 billion this fiscal year, $12 billion over three. Yeah, it's a lot of money. As the city continues to struggle to shelter the migrants that continue to roll in here from the U.S.-Mexico border on buses, uh, the Floyd Bennett Field tent city, it's ready to open. But um, there are questions about safety. So apparently nobody has moved in just yet. I do not see the ending if the federal government does not take action. Yeah, I think that tent city will eventually open, but it has not as of uh, at least 5.54 this morning. They got the big New York City marathon this week, and lots of people already in town. We see them. Security going to be awfully tight. The NYPD's Rebecca Weiner says the department is operating in a heightened threat environment because of the Israel-Hamas war. The men and women of our agency are going to be out in large numbers to ensure the safety of not just all the runners, but the spectators and everyone who's working the event. The NYPD will have a counterterrorism overlay for the marathon, which includes heavy weapons teams, special radiation detection patrols, and blocker vehicles. All runners will also be screened. The weather for Marathon Sunday calls for partly sunny skies with temperatures in the low 60s. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. It's that time of year, yeah. Norway spruce from upstate New York has been selected as this year's Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. It feels like it's earlier every year, but it's actually the same time every year. The 80-foot-tall, 80-year-old tree from Vestal will be cut down next week. Uh, local residents had a feeling the tree was going to be selected because there was all kinds of crews of people checking it out. It was kind of a rumor that this was the tree that was going to uh, be at Rockefeller Center. So I've been watching it every day, every time I come by here. And yesterday I saw they were kind of wrapping it. Yes, yeah, so the family where the tree of the property is on said, hey, it's all yours. The tree set to arrive here in the city on the 11th, and then it'll be wrapped 50,000 multicolored lights. Uh, that star up top, the annual Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting is going to take place this year, November 29th. And a major auction here in the city going to give you an opportunity to take home something that was once owned by Barbara Walters. Decor from her Upper East Side apartment, her jewelry, dresses, purses, other personal items, all up for bidding. The estate auction being produced by Bonhams, the auction house. Uh, Her daughter is the one who's donating all the contents of her apartment. The star of this show, of this auction, is a rare painting by John Singer Sargent. So, did not know this, but Barbara Walters liked to spend a lot of time in the American wing at the Met. And that's where John Singer Sargent paintings hang. And then she was able to get one of her own. So it was always one of her most prized possessions. This is a very rare piece by John Singer Sargent, who is an incredibly famous American um, artist. This is the star of of her show in terms of her American art collection, which is quite extensive. Yeah, so that could go for hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions. Uh, also up for bids, a 13-carat engagement ring, uh, her dining room table service for 12, complete with uh, with Baccarat glasses, Oscar de Laurenta upholstered chairs. 
some of the things, though, right now uh, are as cheap as 50 bucks. So you could go home with something from Barbara Walters if you were a fan. Uh, she had her jewelry made by the French jeweler Jar, and now that's going to be up for sale as well. You cannot just buy earrings from Jar. He has to want to make earrings for you. They're all clip-ons. Her engagement ring is for sale. Barbara Walters had very small fingers, as you can see. Yeah, so the collection opened to the public this week if you just want to check it out. Of course, she died 93 last December. And uh, all the money raised from this charity, or rather from this auction, will go to charity.